Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today is Easter and we'll be wrapping up our week of doing Easter readings and and whatnot. But today has actually been an interesting day. It's been a little bit of a challenge. It's just so happens that as I've been going through the Easter readings and have been doing a lot of praying and, and reading, I really felt compelled by God to become more of a prayer warrior, to become someone who fights on their knees and really go to him daily, hourly, consistently, and seek out his will. And I was doing that. And then I wasn't. And then yesterday and today, I stopped. And I started to ask God, Lord, what do you want from me? I feel like that that was what I'm supposed to do. I felt closer than ever. And suddenly all these distractions came into my life. All of these new conversations, new thoughts, actions started coming back into my life that things that had been moved out for a while. And I had new temptations and new issues all around Easter. And I'm thinking, what a what a bad person I am to allow these things to distract me at Easter. And I really then just thought about today and what message should be done and should be read. And I was at my service. This I went to a sunrise service, and I was thinking about this. As the pastor was giving a complicated message, wasn't the message was complicated. It was just what he was trying to do to connect all the dots was kind of complicated. And then I was watching TV, and I was watching Tim Tebow, Tebow pray, and he's a great man of God, but it just seemed complicated. And really, it struck me, I need to just keep it simple. And I got that pretty much when I was reading A.W. Tozer, some commentary on chapter 20 of John. And so with that, I think I'm just going to read John chapter 20. I'm not going to read a ton of else of other stuff. And I'll read the commentary from Tozer. But I think it just needs to be simple. Because Jesus died for you and me. If we accept him, we ask for his forgiveness, and we invite him into our lives. That's it. Everything else is us making it complicated. It's me making it complicated. The reality is, when I try to say I need to do this every day, I need to do that every day, that's making it complicated. That's me making it complicated. And I'm just some guy. I don't know enough. What I really need to do is say, God, what do you want from me today? What is it you need from me or you want me to do? Not, man, did I say enough prayers? Did I not swear enough? Did I 
do this enough. It's really, God, what do you want from me today? It's no, no more complicated than that. And God, help me do that because I'm just a guy. I'm just some dude who I need your help in order to accomplish that because otherwise I'm just going to go and be this person and that person is not that great. So Lord, I submit to you and I need to rely upon you for this. So this Easter was kind of an opening, eye-opening event where it's just keep it simple. Stop worrying about, are you doing everything right? Just be my child. Talk to me every day and ask me, what do you want me to do today? And then do it to the best of your abilities. So with that, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I am so thankful I can call you Father. In Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. And you never held it against us. You never held it up and said, see what I did for you. Look at the price I paid. Nope. Leading up to the time when you would suffer, you thought about us. You prayed for us. You taught the disciples. You gave us your word so we would know where your focus was. And your focus was mankind. Your focus were the people you loved, which is mankind. You never came down off that cross pissed off and ready to go and like throw thunderbolts at us and destroy us. Instead, you looked at us with love in your eyes. You held out your arms, and if we needed to see the nail scars in your hand, you showed them to us. But otherwise, you just loved us. So Lord, I lift up this reading, I lift up this time, and I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to guide us, to show us what we need to know, so we can love you more. And help us to always remember that you love us and we love you. And that's really what the relationship's about. It's simple. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. 
Now, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, I always saw this image of this massive stone, this massive tomb where you could walk in standing up. I'm a big guy. I'm 6'5". Well, I used to be until I shrunk in my old age. But I'm big, and I always had this image of this massive tomb that I could walk inside and stand up. And the the door was so big, the opening was so big that light came in and shone everywhere. Well, the reality is, is most likely it was a very small opening. And it was fairly small. It had been chiseled out of the side of a mountain, out of a bunch of rock. And it wasn't that big, and the disciples had to bend over to get in. And they didn't really, you know, all just go rushing in. They had to go in one after the other. It wasn't a very big space, which makes sense. It's holding bodies. So when you're thinking about this, I'm, I think about the disciples. What did they do? They looked in, they're like, oh, dang, went in. Yep, he's gone. And then they left. And there's Mary standing there crying. She's the one who's like, what do I do? My God is gone. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Now, she didn't think about the fact that she had just been standing out there and the other guys had been out in there and they hadn't said there were two people in there. But all of a sudden there's two people in there. It's amazing how calm she is. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to, said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. See, Jesus didn't sit there and say, Hey, I just came back from defeating death. I paid a huge price. It was agony. I was on the cross. Look what I did for you. No. He said, Tell my brothers. I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. He's adopting them all into his family. He's adopting all of us into his family. He's not sitting there saying, look what I did. Look at the price I paid because of you, because of your sin. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he, that he had said, these things to her. 
verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Again, he is more concerned about them. He's coming to them, bringing peace, bringing strength, bringing the Holy Spirit and breathing it into them. He only, this entire week leading up to his death, he cared about the people. He cared about his disciples. After his death, he only cares about the people and his disciples. Verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. He's talking about us. He's preparing and he knows what work of the faith that it's going to take for those who don't see him. Verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, it's simple. Believe in him and have life. I don't need to do a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't need to make it more complicated, which is what I tend to do. Did I pray enough times? Did I say the prayer the right way? Did I say the Lord's Prayer? Did I use the structure of the Lord's Prayer when I prayed? Did I read enough? Did I do enough? No. It says believe and be saved. It says love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say go out and do X. Do all this other stuff. It's pretty simple. Love. Love God. A.W. Tozer thinks about and gives some thoughts about verse 16 where Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbanai. Tozer writes, Jesus Christ never went to his disciples and said, Now look, I died for you. Won't you remember my sufferings and my tears and my groans and my blood? Never. He said, Mary. And Mary turned and said, Rabbanai, 
He never said, I died for you. He simply said, Mary. That's the difference between the New Testament and a lot of religious books. Religious books are often unhealthy, and in an effort to become spiritual, they become more unhealthy still. I want to be a healthy Christian. I believe it is the will of God that we should be healthy-minded. The healthiest man was Jesus Christ, and the healthiest disciple was Paul. We ought to be healthy men and women. That's why I don't go in much for Good Friday services, where they sit around moaning and groaning, trying to follow Jesus through the stations of the cross. It is like trying to follow one's mother through the long hours of labor. It's enough to say, thank you, mother. I'm here. Jesus says to love God with our whole heart and love our neighbors. The Bible says to believe and you'll be saved. Doesn't say I have to do a million other things. Although a lot of people will tell you we have to do a lot of other things. I really, in at this Easter time, have come to the conclusion that it's loving God with my whole heart and my neighbors as myself and believing. It's when I throw a ton of other things into this mix that I get screwed up and I get off track and I get off target and then I'm easy prey to the enemy and I believe the enemy is at work on a daily moment by moment basis I'm reading Frank Peretti's This Present Darkness which I've read since I was a kid but I read it periodically to remind myself that there is a spiritual warfare going on. It may not be exactly as he describes, but it is going on. And Jesus says to love as he's loved. We're to love and to believe. And that's it. So with that, let's go back to God in prayer. And Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this wonderful Easter where we spent time with family and friends, with loved ones, and sometimes by ourselves. And Lord, I just thank you that we were never alone. You were with us. And I pray, Lord, for our hearts to be at peace, for our minds to be healed, and may our hearts be given to you. You see, I used to ask for my heart to be filled, and I don't want that. I want it to be yours for you to do with it as you would have it, have done, as you would do. And Father, I submit to you and I lift up my family. I lift up my daughters. I lift up my friends. And I just pray that you'd watch over them. In this time of chaotic anger, Rumors of war and wars. I just pray for peace to reign in the hearts of those that we love. Pray for your angels to be about them, keeping them safe. Keep them out of harm's way. Protect them from the enemy. Bind the enemy from them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.